what is the business and tell everyone about how it's structured, which is fascinating. It's a very pure form of conscious capitalism. All of the employees participate. Our customers are KFC, Chick-fil-A, McDonald's, the busiest kitchens in the world. We're about 400 million in sales. Everybody, whether you're an entry-level assembler, anywhere in the company, each year you get shares and then it's revalued. There is pure alignment with the employees and the success of the company. And the better we do, the better everyone does. Why did you go through the process of making this switch? And since you've implemented this, have you seen any changes in the employees or in the company? Well, welcome everyone to this episode of the Liberty Ventures podcast. My name is Alexander McCobin, founder and CEO of Liberty Ventures. And I'm here with Rob Connolly from Henny Penny, who I'm going to let tell us a lot more about himself and Henny Penny in a moment. But just want to say that we're filming live from Richard Branson's Necker Island at the first Principal Business Summit. And Rob, I'm just so excited that you're here with us for this first summit and that you've agreed to join the podcast, take a little time out of your day to talk, share your insights with everyone in the Liberty Ventures ecosystem. Well, thanks, Alexander. It's just so amazing. I feel so fortunate uh, just to be here. And, uh, you know, as I look around, um, what's most remarkable is it feels like it's fake. It looks so amazing. Uh, <laughs> But just such a just setting, so many interesting people, uh, and just be able to get away from, you know, your daily life and just be able to talk and think and be curious. So it's been great. Really appreciate the uh, opportunity. Well, I, I really appreciate you being here because you are one of those fascinating and incredible individuals who's doing great stuff in the world, using business as a force for good. And before we talk about Henny Penny, I would love to start by just asking you to share your story, what's led to who you are and why you're in this space, why you care so much about business as a force for good. Well, I, um, gosh, I've been through my business career and um, it was really after being at Henny Penny um, and there was a guy who owned Henny Penny, amazing guy, Steve Cobb who I believe you've met, he's been down to the CEO summit at Conscious Capitalism, but he had just such a long view. And, and within that, um, you know, it was kind of working on performance and a long view. And, um, and I stumbled upon Conscious Capitalism. And um, I, had all, I, I think what I had been was kind of an unconscious capitalist. And, and unconscious in what drove me to uh, get involved and help the community and just really trying to make things better. And so I found Conscious Capitalism uh, and I saw the, uh, oh, there's this book and John Mackey and I went and read the book. And then I heard about the CEO summit and it came and I was just like, it was so amazing because there was this whole community of folks that were like, oh, there's other people on this journey. And so that's where I think it really started me thinking about being much more intentional about what we're doing, how we're doing it, how we're impacting people, how we're impacting the community, how we're impacting our suppliers. And, and it, to me, like anything, I'm sure with you, when you get involved, it's, and the more you get involved, the more you want to do. And so it's just kind of ignited something in me uh, to really, um, and it, it excites me. And I don't even think of it as work. I mean, I, I, I'll, I'll talk about this anytime to the point where people are like, okay, that's enough. Uh, <laughs> 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 and I'm just, uh, it's so interesting to me. Well, if you love what you do, you don't work a day in your life. Right. And that's exactly right. what you're up to. Yeah. So 
let's talk about Henny Penny. Just yeah. what is the business and it, tell everyone about the unique, not so unique model, but something yeah. that's more popular, but uh, but how it's structured, which is fascinating. Yeah. So we're a, a Midwestern company. We're uh, outside of Dayton, Ohio, a 66-year-old company, manufacturer. And uh, we, we manufacture commercial kitchen equipment. And so we make fryers and ovens and holding equipment. And our customers are KFC, Chick-fil-A, McDonald's, all the busiest kitchens in the world. And um, it's, it's been such a, we have about, just to give people a size, we have about 1,100 people on our campus in uh, Eaton, Ohio is where we are. Uh, we're shipping all over the world. Uh, we're about 400 million in sales. Um, and uh, we became employee owned in 2015. And that has been such an amazing thing. And, and we became employee owned because the second generation owner, Steve Cobb, he decided, he was like, how do I keep this going even after, after I'm gone? And he just saw what it meant to so many families in the community, what it meant to the community. And he wanted to figure out how could I try to increase the odds that it's still here? Now he knew the ways in which it likely wouldn't be if he'd sold to a large, uh, you know, large roll up or whatever. And so we came across the employee owned, um, which we didn't know much about, um, but it's been an amazing journey. And it's, I would, I would put it this way and some way, and it's not like we're better, but I would say it's, it's a very pure form of conscious capitalism in that all of the employees participate in the equity of the company, the value of the company, which is where a lot of wealth is created. And most, most people don't have equity. Most, and, and this is everybody, um, whether you're an entry level uh, assembler or anywhere in the company, each year you get shares and then it's revalued. And it's so, and, and that's, that's part of it. But then everything we do, the, the, uh, the, Every year we have a bonus and whatever. And so there is pure alignment with the employees and the success of the company. And the better we do, the better everyone does. What some people might misunderstand about this model is that it's not the case that the employees control the management of the business as a result of the structure. It's not that they're able to vote to sell it or change up management or anything like that. They're, they're just getting equity and sharing in the profitability and the success of the business. It right. is. And, and we can spend a lot of time on the ESOP model because it, it, what's fascinating is there actually isn't any ownership, but they get this economic share. So it's like um, ownership in that they, they get the equity value as the company increases but they're not controlling the company or the, it's not like, oh, all of these people will get their shares together and control it. It would be more like um, the art museum. So if there was an art museum in your community, you know, you might be like, well, who owns it? You know, and it'd be like, well, I'm not sure, but it's controlled by the board. And what they come in, their board's working on is how do we make this art museum as compelling for today and make it better for tomorrow? And that's what we're working on as far as like, we're have a long view. How do we, how do we make this as good as possible for today? And then also for future generations, mm -hmm. um, because our shares are, we amortized our shares over 45 years. So we still have a lot of shares that are to be, to be given out. Um, so 
It's very unique, but what is amazing, and we've been one since 2015, and just to give you a little idea, um, we had our owner's day. We have one every year when we announce the new share price and everybody gets their statements. Last year, um, we had a little over um, about $100 million in when you add up the statements of all of our employees. And that's it's widely distributed. It's not like, oh, a few people at the top have all this. It, it's widely distributed. Most employees uh, that have been here since the beginning have about double their compensation, their annual compensation in this account, which is they put zero in. So the return has been unbelievable besides the fact that they paid nothing for it. And so, and that's just an incremental, like we still have our 401k and the matching, we still have our compensation, you know, this is all part of being able to give this return to the employees. So I can see why the employees would love this, of course. Yeah. Why did you go through the process of making this switch? And what was the advantage for the original owners or management in doing this? So the original owner, Steve Cobb, he, his, his goal was really trying to um, keep Henny Penny, Henny Penny, which was privately held with a long view. You know, it's not like, you know, and there are other forms and, you know, whether it's public companies or private equity or family businesses or whatever, and they all have their place. It, I, I don't like it like we're better, but it's very unique in being able to, I, we don't have any of these pressures of a quarterly pressure. We don't have a pressure of, hey, we got to dress this company up over the next six, seven years to then flip it. Um, we have this very long view, always had it. And uh, so mainly Steve really just wanted to see that happen. And the ESOP kind of allows that to happen. And it was such a gift to the employees in the community because it, it allows this um, accelerated uh you know, compensation to all, you know, it aligned more with everything we were doing was going back to the employees. So just imagine any company um, that's not an ESOP, you know, you rightly are returning money to the owners, that whether it's the family, whether it's the investors, whether it's the shareholders, they deserve a return. Nothing wrong with that. Just imagine if you were a company like that, the money going to that. And we have no money going to that. We have no investors that we're paying for other than our employees. And it's interesting because in the startup world and in the public world, it's very common for people to have, when they're employees, to have equity in the company they're a part of. Right. It seems to be this mid-market private, private business sector that doesn't include that right now. Right. And not like in manufacturing or whatever, or it's limited to you know, certain level in the company or whatever. So this is one that's very kind of unique in that regard. And and so now why don't people all do this? And it's like that's the well, obvious he, question. He he walked away from money. He could have absolutely made more money by selling it to private equity or one of the large publics or whatever. So one, he he not a lot of people, no matter how much money you make, walk away from more. And so he, 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 he did. Um, it's also not everybody it's for. I mean, if you have a, a family and you've got people in line that you would want to, you, you probably wouldn't do this model if you wanted to keep it in your family. And that makes sense. If you're a company that has 
inconsistent earnings, it's hard. So if you have like, whatever, if they're a, a developer and they feast and famine, that's very hard on the um, valuation. And the valuation is kind of what the employees are kind of looking at. Sure. The other is if you have high turnover, because if you have high turnover, they're not there to really take advantage of it. So it's best if you have consistent earnings generally, if you have a culture of people staying, um, th those are, and, and also if you don't have a lot of debt, that's another thing, but, uh, for, for certain folks, it is, I think just magic. And since you've implemented this program, have you seen any changes in the employees or in the company? Yeah. Um, so it's interesting at first, not really, because we, we always had a very good culture. We had this, um, again, doing the right thing. We have a really strong relationship with our customers, a very strong brand doing the right thing. We had always been one that, you know, like we're going to do the right thing. If, if we're putting money aside, what is that right thing? And that comes from that long view. And, um, so we had a really strong culture, but I think, um, you know, as it, as the ESOP account started growing more and more people are like, now, what is this? How does this work? Or their spouse was like, what, what is this money? Where is this coming from? And, and also then the bonuses were going up in 2020, just as a quick example, um, April of 2020, we were off 80% our business fundamentally stopped. And that's the start like of COVID. The start yeah. of COVID. Everybody and many companies experience that. Um, what, um, and we had days where we not only didn't get orders, we had canceled orders and, and it, it, it stopped. But what, what I knew was our, our customers weren't going to go out of business, that we were in a crisis. We needed to hold on. And, and these customers were going to thrive again. We just didn't know how long. So we were, but we made a call. Uh, we, we really just sat down and said, we're going to take care of each other, take care of our customers, take care of the community. And, um, you know, it got a little better in May. Um, it, it, it then got a little better in June. By the end of the year, we were off of a little over 20%. But in that time, and it was an interesting call in April, we did not lay off anyone. We did not affect anybody's compensation or pay. And, um, you know, that was just because we were like, we, and there were days when we have maybe two days of production and sending a uh, production home and, but paying them for five. And so, but we made that call because we felt we, you know, with this long view and with that, and then in February of each year, we look back and do, and we actually ended up giving a bonus because we had, we had made money even though we were off 20 some percent. And so we were like, we can do that. We can invest back in the business. We can do this and we can give a bonus. And that's, that wouldn't have happened if we weren't employee owned. It just, it, it wouldn't have happened. And because of that in 21, things started picking up and we were, we were ready because we never stopped. We didn't let go people. So all of our competitors had let go of people. They couldn't ramp up. And we basically in 21 and 22 doubled our business. And um, it was, but to me, it was, I, I don't say this to brag. It was just a matter of taking that long view. Uh, in 66 years, we've never had a layoff. And 
it doesn't mean we wouldn't at some point if we had to, like if, but it's the last thing we do. Um, and, and all of these things were just made even uh, more so because we became employed. I mean, we were a great company before and more so. And I think people really started to get it. It's like when we say like it's act like it's your own money or this is your own business, it, it actually is. You don't have to act like it. <laughs> it is. And they've started to see that. And so I think it's really picked up. And we've gotten a lot of great talent that have come because they're like, I see this employee. Like, I want to be part of this. Um, so we're really seeing the benefits. So if there are any businesses that are starting up right now and thinking about adopting the structure from the beginning, what, what advice would you give them for doing so? Yeah. The interesting thing is, is I'm not sure if it, I have to think about it, if it's great for a startup, I think it's an opportunity. Um, you know, there may be other ways, but I, I think as you're looking to uh, transition a company because of succession or whatever, uh, or just at the place where somebody wants to sell, I think this is really a great option. The challenge is, is there's not a lot of people to talk about it. And a lot of investment bankers don't want you to do it because they don't do it. And so they're like, you know, they're like, ah, you don't want to do that. And there have been like bad stories and like anything where let's say some guy had his business and he couldn't sell it to anybody. So he stuck it to his employees. Uh, now they have a lot more rules around this because it's a, um, you know, it's a qualified pension plan. So there's a lot of rules and around now where, you know, making sure that the value was appropriate and the plan, like deciding how, how you're going to divvy it up over what period of time and things like that. Cause some ran out of shares and you have new employees and they couldn't, or lots of different kind of things, but mostly have gotten more sophisticated in how you can do an ESOP if it's right for you. We talk to a lot of people. I talk to a lot of people all the time just to give them some background. Uh, we kind of have a, um, a, a few folks where I'll, I'll give a background. I'll connect them with Steve to be able to, you know, he can talk as far as from his position, as far as the owner, what he went through. Um, and, and then if they're really interested, I can give them to some different uh, investment bankers that specialize in it. So I think you have to do your research. Uh, I am one that I'm always, I, I'm open. I love talking about it and, and always open to do it. And then just try to find somebody who really is not, um, can give you some advice that, that, and that's why I talk to folks before we even connect them to a investment banker, because at that point, and that's incredibly generous of you. Yeah. So it sounds like anyone who's listening to this that's thinking about adopting ESOP, either as they're starting out or converting over to it, can reach out to you to ask for advice on that. I, I would love to. I do it all the time. And I enjoy it. And I enjoy hearing people's stories about, you know, and what's going on and what do they want to think about. And and uh, I've had many where it's like, didn't make sense for them after the conversation. I was fine. And many that were like, oh, yeah. And they went forward. And so, yeah, I, I just enjoy it because I think it's, if it fits, it is so powerful. Um, so I'd love to be able to help people through that process. So Rob, I think you brought a visual aid with you here yes. too. What is this? So uh, this is the book I wrote. No, it's, it's actually, <laughs> uh, the, we did our first annual report um, for our employee owners. And it was one just really to help people. We've got people in all areas and really help them understand and connect the dots about what we're doing and the impact. And so this was for 2022. 
and we mailed it out um, February of last year. And we were purposeful about having to be printed. We wanted it to go home. We wanted, we thought a lot more people would see it and their families would see it. And so it's very exciting. And, and a lot of people just didn't realize the impact. And we're really focused on impacting um, our employee owners. And uh, one of the things that we highlighted here, which we then was, it was just in plans, was um, we're opening up, but uh, we just opened up a new wellspring, which is our, our uh, it's all about well-being. And uh, um, we have an on-site clinic that we opened in uh, September of 2020. And uh, we did this with uh, Kettering Health, one of the two big providers in our area, and they, they run the clinic for us. And, but it's on site and it was making such an impact. We tripled the size of our clinic and we have therapists and the impact that we've seen as far as employees talking about, like they, they found a lump and they weren't, you know, never would have gone. They went in and they had found out they had Hodgkin's lymphoma, they, but they caught it early. I mean, these stories were so amazing. So we just opened up um, a new um, uh, 30,000 square feet that uh, part of it's dedicated to our well-being. We opened up, uh, in, in addition to the clinic, we opened up a 24-hour, uh, seven-day-a-week fitness center. We, we go three shifts, so we wanted people to be able to come anytime. And with showers and locker room, just, you know, because a lot of the health is like, if you can just get people moving, we wanted to make it, which is what we did with the clinic. We wanted to make it easy. We wanted to provide the access. And this is top shelf equipment. This isn't like your hotel gym or whatever. It's, it's great. And then we have another area where, um, about financial well-being, helping people with their retirement pl planning. Love a lot of people live check to check. And the challenge living check to check, it's not embarrassing or shame. The challenge though, is if you don't address it, you get a promotion, you're still living check to check in most cases. So we have this whole financial well-being, and then social well-being. We started in 2017, a Henny Penny Employee Foundation. And we did that. We, we have a Henny Penny Foundation and we, we give a lot, but the Henny Penny Employee Foundation, we set up to really help people understand philanthropy and giving back. And so the employees for the employee foundation, they raise the money during the year. And then there's a group that take in grant requests in the community and they make that call. And it's been great because that's another part of well-being. We see that, you know, once you kind of give back and anybody who's volunteered, you know, realizes you get way more by doing that. So we wanted to have that as a part of our well-being too. And then we offered... Um, the other part of this 30,000 square feet is dedicated to the owner's hall, which is where we meet um, all the owners. And we used to be having to get tents outside, which was very challenging <laughs> when it's cold out or whatever. And so this was a place for us to learn and grow as, as owners and understand the responsibilities um, because you have a responsibility to each other and have people understand that. And then the huge opportunities of what we all get back. So we just opened that up. And, and again, this was our, so I'll look, I just want you to have that a little, um, Thank you, to Rob. see about it. And, uh, I'll give you the next one that's coming out in, uh, February on 23. So, but anyway. it it. It's all right. Thank you. Thanks, Rob.